Spark Studio presents People, People, People podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to episode nine. I had Aaron join me on the podcast and he is such a kind human. We are definitely kindred spirits, very passionate and cannot hide any facial expressions. We talked about empathy and having grace for others, including yourself. This was a lovely conversation. And we also talked about him and his wife picking up and moving all the way across the country to New York City. I hope you enjoy the episode just as much as I did. Okay, Erin, I'm so excited to sit down with you for the podcast, and I've known you for quite some time now, and whenever I think about you, I think about someone that is truly authentic, and you can't hide any expression on your face. <laughs> like, when something happens, I know exactly what you're thinking because of your facial expressions. <laughs> yeah, so welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Heck I'm yeah. really excited for what you're doing with this, and just to like the opportunity to be able to to speak on it. I, I feel privileged. Great. Awesome. Okay, so let's jump in. Who are you? My name is Aaron. I am 48 years old. I am married. I'm coming up on my 27th wedding anniversary. Nice. And I've got two boys, 25 and 22, cool. who are both out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, I love life. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And you, have you always been in Southern California or where did you grow up in New Mexico, right? Mexico, but I was actually, so I'm a Texan by birth. Ah. <laughs> half of me says that's cool. The other half says maybe not. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, half of my, so I was born in Amarillo, Texas. Okay. Uh, lived there till I was nine. And for anyone who doesn't know where that is, that's, the place that Oprah got dragged to back in the 90s, I think, when the beef industry sued her because she was speaking out against... Oh, I didn't even yeah, know about yeah. this. And it's also the place that when you drive into town, uh -huh. drive an Amarillo when you're yeah. just outside of it. Yeah. There's a guy that we went to church with uh -huh. way back when I was a kid, when uh -huh. my mom would drag us to church on like the key dates that you yeah. Church, right? <laughs> yeah. Easter and everything else. But um, he would buy old Cadillacs and he buried them all nose in the ground. What? It's called Cadillac Ranch. Oh my so, God. Yeah. So there's some, there's some characters in that part. But um, so I still have family there. Okay. And then when I was nine, we moved to New Mexico. Okay. And I spent my formative years in New Mexico. And then when I was 20, I graduated high school there, did a year of college. Mm -hmm. And then started my own business out there, um, mowing lawns and putting in sprinkler systems. I love it. And because uh, I didn't, I didn't finish college. I did a year and then dropped out because I was too immature to be a college. <laughs> I was. Hey, at least you have yeah. a perspective now, right? I was always arguing with the professors and just you know just just didn't. I kind of just had this attitude about like I'm paying for this. I'll you know do whatever I want. And, yeah. Um. So I dropped out and then. I got engaged to Denise, my uh -huh. wife, yeah. and moved out here when I was 20 and got married when I was 21. So I've been here since 19, says October 3rd, 1995. Wow. 
Wow. So this is truly like home. Yeah, this is where I've spent the majority of my yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Okay. That's cool. I love California. Oh. It's funny. When I go back to when I go back to Texas to visit family, they all go, How do you live out there with all those crazy Californians? <laughs> And you're like, how do you live yeah. out here with all these crazy Texans? Yes. I'm like, well, uh, Texas is just kind of the like opposite side of the aisle version of California. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but they also they don't understand too that Orange County is kind of a conservative bastion as totally, well. Totally. Yeah. So I'm like, it's not like, you know, and of course they just want they just watch the news. So yeah. everything they hear is on the news. <laughs> but yes. yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Like when people watch the news, because I was thinking about this the other day when like a bunch of protests were happening in Long Beach and I'm like, oh, this is going to be all around the United States. And they're seeing like one square mile of yeah. a, a city that's half a million people. Yeah. Man, like that sucks because like that's not Long Beach at all. Yeah. But that's like, you know, the drama is what's picked up on the news. Yeah. And then everyone else around the world thinks, oh, Long Beach is you know, crazy. And it's like, no, it's actually really calm and peaceful. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, I think that's kind of emblematic of most of the country when people, yeah, they watch the news and they go, can you believe everything that's happening there? You're like, yeah, I would see that. Yeah. 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 And I'm living here every day. Yeah. You know <laughs> what you're talking about. But yeah. True. True. Yeah. Had our kids out here mm-hmm. and built my career out here. So yeah. yeah. I love it. So what do you believe in? I thought a lot about this question, mm-hmm. and I believe in a lot of things. Uh, hey. So I was trying to think the the best and most original way to answer this, and a lot of it has to do with where I'm at today in my life, okay, versus where I was at when I was younger, mm-hmm. even in more recent years. But i I really believe that the world needs to experience mercy and grace mm-hmm. and love yeah uh, with everything that's going on in the world we've got wars and and we've always had wars and these yeah. things but i just you know i have this constant nagging sense that the there's a lot of animosity and hatred in the world yeah. and individuals can make a difference just by the little things that we do and so yeah, I believe that mercy and hope and love are the is, is the cure to you know what ails us as a as a society and a culture. So yeah, and that's rooted in my my spiritual belief in God mm-hmm. and everything that flows from that, and yeah. that really informs more so than ever as I understand that more how I try to operate and live my mm-hmm. life and. You know, I've really, lately I've just, well, I'd say lately, maybe the past couple of years, I've really become sort of intrigued by this concept of light and how God's always spoken about in terms of being the light of the world. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I read these astrophysicists that talk about, you know, the majority of the universe is dark matter, but 5% light and, yeah. and just that whole idea and being light in the world and our lives, the way that we operate with people and and everything that we do in our work Mm -hmm. and making all that stuff matter and really doing the things that I think transcend Mm -hmm. and um, having an impact for good because there's a lot of people 
yeah, if you tune into the news, you'll see it's all doom and gloom. Yeah. And that's, you know, gosh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And, you know, we can get so sucked into, you know, the bad things, the things that are going wrong, even if there's like a hundred good things going in, on in your life and there's two bad things. For some reason, as humans, we just like hyper focus yeah. on the bad. And I think just having that perspective of like, hey, there are a lot of people out in the world that are doing good. I love the word mercy, like absolutely love it because at the end of the day, all humans are trying to do is survive. Yeah. Like we're all trying to survive and we all have good days and bad days. And it's crazy to think that we could just be so like mean on some of the smallest things driving on the freeway or, you know, and that's like <laughs> low level like meanness, right? Yeah. There's so many people that we're just trying to go about our days, do our things. And that then there's these people that are just being mean and, and it's circumstantial and all of those things. But it's like, how can I set myself straight? How can I, you know, set my mind straight at, in the beginning of the morning so that I can be the best version of myself throughout the day yeah. and have mercy and have grace on others? Because I don't really think you could have mercy and grace on others when you're not set straight. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I, I went through a little bit of um, a mild de depression mm -hmm. in the last... Kind of around Christmas time, yeah. That had been, I think, simmering for a while that I hadn't really addressed, and I went back to a counselor that Denise and I have seen. Mm -hmm. Once our kids moved out, and we realized, oh, it's just us now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and everything was good, but we just thought, hey, let's just go talk to someone, mm -hmm. and it's probably the best thing we've ever done for our marriage. Our marriage is better than it has ever been. Yeah. So I went back and talked to this guy, and. What I realized is that I wasn't necessarily even allowing myself grace. Mm. And that's something that I had to contend with because I knew I needed to show it to other people, mm. but I wasn't really giving myself that same grace. Yeah. But it's it's really powerful. And I think when you've experienced grace or people just being merciful to you or just the mercy and love of God, yeah. it's really sets you free. It's funny you had mentioned getting on the freeway yeah. because it's a constant sort of aligning yourself to that because I can get up in the morning and have a great you know, time drinking my coffee and I read and I pray and I meditate. Yeah. And then I get on the freeway and like... <laughs> I, I'm, I was losing. Oh man, I'm no. like that's one thing. I'm like I, I genuinely, I genuinely care about people yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But when I get on the freeway, <laughs> it's like you all need to be locked up. <laughs> you know, yes, absolutely. That and I just sometimes I go, I think, hey, gosh, how fast I get like amped up, right? Amped on someone, yeah. you know, not using a blinker. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, another yeah. story altogether. But I think going back to what you're saying about like having grace for yourself first is so important because I've seen that in my own life where, especially with work and as being a designer, I held myself to this almost like unachievable like perfection 
oh, I have to be, I have to be good at everything I do and I cannot make a mistake because if I make a mistake, then I'm not a good designer. But the crazy thing about design is that actually when you fail and then you try again and you fail and you try again, it makes you a better designer because you've seen what works and what doesn't work. And I think the same, it's the same thing in life. As a human, when you fail and you try again, it gives you more character and understanding and how to approach life and it gives you humility. And so when we hold ourselves to these high standards of perfection or, oh, I have to be like, I can't give myself any grace. I can only do such and such things. I think we become very one dimensional. Yeah. So as much as our society says like, oh, you have to have these successes at this moment in life and you have to do these things, I think that holds us back from really understanding who we are and who we were created to be in to have mercy and grace on the people around us, right? Yeah. And when you don't allow yourself grace, and, and I'm not talking about that like me first you know, self-care that's really prevalent in that culture yeah. at the expense of everything else. Yep. Um, or buy products that help you. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm pretty sure. These lotions and this, you know. Yeah. But it, it, you need to allow yourself that grace because it, it also, well, for me anyway, it was really freeing and knowing that I can't live up to everyone's expectations. Mm-hmm. And not worrying so much of always about what other people think and yep. dealing with some of those insecurities. Yeah. It was, it, and, and this is only recent. This is like January or February of this year. Yeah. And it was really freeing to yes. me. But it opened this, this door to just kind of across the spectrum and everything I do to not feel like I have to prove myself. Yep. And I, my whole life, I felt like I've had to prove myself. And that is mm. the, I believe, the product of the common grace that befalls all mankind, but also allowing myself to live in that and not beat myself up so much and go, well, it has to be perfect. It has to be this. And, and you know, it's, it allows you to really kind of be who you are and know like, okay, well, maybe I'm more introverted or Maybe I'll never be, you know, as financially successful as someone else or the best designer, the best operations person, but that's okay. I can just be the best that I can be. Yeah. And that's been informative for Denise and I, even with our kids who, they're young men and they're trying to make it in this life. And we've learned over the years, what you were saying about, you know, you don't learn through success. Yeah. You learn through failure. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that until later on. Yeah. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, this sucks. I want to succeed right now. And it's yeah. like, well, you know, the journey to success, whatever that is, is not built on necessarily multiple successes. Yep. I think that's a rarity in this life, but it's built on understanding who you are this is what we tell our kids is real success is understanding what god wired you for Mm. and doing it really really well i absolutely love that may not be have anything to do with what you may be relatively poor in a western sense your whole life 
but you're doing the thing that God designed you to do. And you're, you're, you're content. Yeah. Because I think that there are a lot of people out there that are striving for what the world is telling us that we need to do to be successful and they're actually miserable. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, find what your gifting is, find what you were created for and like go after it. Yeah. That's where you're truly going to be who you were created to be instead of like being someone else. I think we kind of had maybe the say a similar epiphany earlier this year of like, if I'm always trying to strive to like prove myself to people, I'm always going to be disappointed yeah. because people are like shifting sand. Their opinions, their outlooks on life are going to change. And then next day I'm down in the dirt. I realized I can't attach my um, sense of worth to people's approval. Yeah. Because then I'm going to be on a roller coaster of a journey, right? Yeah. Having more like true, authentic balance in your life. And I think one thing that I really saw over like pandemic and post pandemic was like for me to be okay with being by myself. Mm. And that I think that's a really hard thing for like both of us in some way because we love being around people. Mm. I've taken so many long walks with no music, nothing, just on my own. And like the clarity and the insight that I get with like just being by myself, meditating, like talking to God has given me so much peace in my yeah. life and so much freedom. I know you're a big walker too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of an elixir. Like you said, I do it too. I go for walks and I don't take my phone with me yeah. or anything because, you know, you just, you get out there in nature and you, I mean, all the the great thinkers and philosophers and everything from history. Yeah. Like that was something that all of them did. They went on, they would go out walking for hours. Yeah. And just, you know, from Edison to the monks to all of those people, they just go out and think and mm -hmm. contemplate and stuff. And yeah, it's really, it's really healing. And I mean, my gosh, with, the world we live in, I, it's just, it's so challenging because there's that draw to constantly be connected. Yep. And I think when you're out on those walks, it allows you to tap into the sacred. Mm -hmm. And that is really powerful because it kind of, it like, in a way it settles your soul. Oh, for sure. Even if it's, you know, more powerful in that moment. It really kind of helps settle your soul. You know, I, I know for me, have, you know, if I didn't get up in the morning and have time to just sit still, mm -hmm. go on walks and do that, I would be a different person because I struggle with anger and, mm -hmm. you know, just this need to like, I got to get stuff done. Yep. So I got to check my box. Yeah, yes. Yes. Do that. So yeah, re really, really powerful stuff. But. It, yeah. All that, you know, kind of ties back to, I mean, I took the long way around to that. We're talking about, about grace, but I think when you give yourself the grace, you allow yourself to do those things and mm. not necessarily be, you know, in that mode of I've always got to perform or be on. I yeah. just got to, whatever I'm doing, I got to be really good at. Mm. Um, like even for me, my, you know, I'm a, I've been in apparel operations my whole career. Yeah. 
and I've tried to get out of it for so long <laughs> and I just keep getting drawn back to it yeah because it it comes really natural to me totally. and so I finally just accepted it in the last year I went okay this is I have other passion projects and things that I'm working on but in terms of how I put bread on the table yeah it's operation stuff yeah and because I can it's just like I don't know like it's like you with design yeah. like you see stuff yeah and it just comes you don't have to think about it you mm-hmm. just like it's like second nature totally yeah totally. I mean some experience and that helps yeah helps too but you're you've got the wiring for it yeah and that's that's cool and that's like exactly what you've told your sons is like find what you're good at and like go after that and it's like you've recognized that you are good at operations and operations is it doesn't define you it's something that you do it's a part of yeah it's a part of your life but it's not operations doesn't equal Aaron yeah and I think when we start to segment that stuff of like even I I absolutely love design and it is my passion but it does not define me it is a gift that I've been given to love and meet people where they're at yeah and I believe that full-heartedly yeah um, and so, and then there's other things in our lives where we're able to, like you said, passion projects and things that, um, we can use as outlets to help people or whatever it is. But I think at the end of the day, when we invest time and energy to pour back into ourselves, then we're actually able to pour out into others. Yeah. But if we're going on empty and then we want to have mercy and grace for others. There's no way we can have mercy and grace for others. Yeah, I get too pissed off. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm but, like, I haven't had sleep. I'm cranky. Like, yeah. I don't want to talk to yeah. anyone. Yeah. I, when I get tired, I get into like, just, I always joke and, and tell people that I'm a trench man. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not this extremely smart. I wouldn't consider myself this extremely smart person. Yeah. I know what I know. I think I'm good at my job. Yeah. And give me a shovel and I'll dig a trench. Like I can just, yeah. I just get stuff done. You're a hard worker. And when I get really like that, I get kind of like, okay, I'm getting stuff done. And if you're my way, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I don't like to be at that spot yeah, because yeah. you feel like you're always rushing. And part of that too is also being an over, uh, a, kind of an overachiever where you're like, I got to work on this and this and this. And so I'm always resetting and going, okay, I'm trying to do too many things. I'm going to have to put that one on hold, put this one on hold and kind of come back. Because if you're always like that, you're not, you're not putting that back into yourself, allowing yourself to live in that grace. And then it's hard to give that to other people too. Totally. And like you said, I think that's really important. Took me a long time to realize this, but once I started to get that what I'm doing for my work is what I'm gifted at, my perspective was able to change. My mom mm-hmm. had been telling me this for years. <laughs> Moms, they're the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she saw it, but you have to experience it. Yeah. It has to come um, full circle for yourself. Oh, totally. Like, I, my mom told me things a million times, and, I'm, and then I'll call her up and be like, yeah, I just realized that I'm actually good at design. And she was like, Sarah, I've been telling you that for 33 years. But it's it's almost like, oh, I see this with my kids. You have to, you say those things. And even if they say they don't want to hear it, they hear it and they become 
I liken it to analog tapes. And mm-hmm. Over the years, they'll start to play back mm-hmm. in their yeah. minds, right? And they'll go, oh, yeah, this makes sense to me because it's kind of always been in their seating, yeah. even if in the deep subconscious. Totally. Um, but like you, I see that whatever we do, works of mercy, try to do things and bring light into a dark world, yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be just my passion projects or anything I do from a ministry perspective, it's my work. Yeah. You know, I work in a industry that has a large immigrant population mm-hmm. and you can do through your work, you can work to advocate for them yes. and help them get trained mm-hmm. and even in some cases encourage them to, you know, learn English as a second mm. single language because it will help them. Yeah. It's kind of the, you know, you, it's advocacy, but you're also doing the, you know, teaching people how to fish, help yeah. them develop skills and yeah. those kind of things. So that to me is, mm. and, and that's, that's a, I mean, I think all work is a form of art. Yes. Some art is very like front and center beauty, Yeah, but you know, operation stuff, getting product from one place to another and doing it efficiently and everything else, that's a form of art too. I, yeah, I absolutely love it. I, the other day, well, I guess it was a couple months ago, um, I had to go back up to Sacramento where my parents live because there was something up with my car and my dad uh, just retired, but we went to his old, uh, he's a stucco contractor and had hundreds of employees and we went back to his shop because there's a mechanic there to look at my car. And speaking on that, just like meeting people where they're at. So my dad owned his own company for 30 years. He's the the boss. Um, but he dispatched his guys who were all immigrants for 30 plus years. And there were these two brothers that were they're a little bit older. They worked they worked for my dad for all 30 years that he had his company. And when they walked into the shop, they were so stoked to see him. And it just melted my heart because it was like, here's my dad who's running this huge like company, but he had had a personal relationship with every single one of his workers. And like that just speaks volumes to me of you don't know what impact you're having in your at your job or but just by being relational and meeting people where they're at and being kind and considerate to them, it was just so beautiful. It was like, wow, like my dad's just a simple guy. He's really humble and and he probably doesn't even realize it. But like yeah. that he has built these lasting relationship with his former employees is just uh, it makes me so stoked. Yeah. And like that's what, you know, we're doing at our jobs. It's like Every person that we talk to, they're just, they're human. Yeah. We all have needs. At the end of the day, all we want is to be loved and known. Sure. And so, I just am always thinking about like, how can I love this person? And not in a weird way, but like, yeah. how can I meet my coworker where they're at if their family's going through a hard situation and they're having a bad day, or if they're having a good day, or my client, or whoever it is, like. Just meeting them where they're at, because just like I'm a human, they're human as well. So, it it's funny too because when you were saying that meeting there and and loving people, it, this took me a long time to learn because 
in some cases I would feel bad for people. And so I would be a little bit lax in some areas. But over time, I've learned that what to really love someone is to also, even in, in like a work situation, you know, to really be fair is to be, to hold everyone equally accountable. And give structure, and right? Structure and, and feedback and those things, which was kind of, you know, challenging for me at times, but just learning like, well, if I really love this person, then I'm going to tell them when they're you know, getting off course yep. and not overlook it because I feel bad for their plight because maybe one of them is a single mom raising three kids in a mm-hmm. studio apartment. Totally. And that's pretty gnarly. Yeah. But really to do the right thing for her is to pull her aside or him and just yep. go, hey, let me help you here, right? Yeah. And just give them that feedback. I love it. Just like you would do for your kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is so Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Ah, love it. Okay. So- what are you currently doing? What's going on? Oh my god! <laughs> I have so much going on. Uh, I'm excited to hear. Oh yeah, this is that's <laughs> crazy. Well, I I work for two companies. One I'm an owner in, and the other one I run their operations. Cool. And thankfully, I will be doing those remote. Mm-hmm starting in june because denise and i are moving to new york city new york baby (laughs) so big apple here we come it's been a dream of denise's since she was a kid and over the past few years she's slowly like (laughs) shipped away at me and last year we did a road trip we drove out to new york city with our dog in a prius love it and we saw family in texas and then in Tennessee, and we dropped the dog off in Tennessee, went to New York for eight or nine days, hung out with our son who lives in Brooklyn, Noah. Nice. Had the time of our lives, went and saw a Mets game. We we saw Serena Williams last. Oh my gosh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> Random. We, we got the tickets way in advance, but we two days before we went, oh my gosh, we're going to see Serena's last. We didn't know it was her last match. We yeah, yeah, thought yeah, she was yeah. going to win. <laughs> Ended up being her last match. And it just, when we were out there, I just, it, it clicked for me. I said, yeah, yeah. let's do it. And because our kids are out of the house, our parents are healthy right yeah. now, thank God. And so we said, all right, let's do it in 2023. But we're kind of on the vacation high right now. Yeah. So let's get home and just think about it until January. And if we still want to do it, let's start kind of knocking on the doors yeah and everything is lined up and so mm-hmm. yeah we're selling everything we own had a garage sale today we, had a garage sale today. <laughs> we literally sold everything we own and what we didn't sell is going to uh the rescue mission so love it and we're gonna it's gonna be denise and i and the dog mm-hmm. and about 10 boxes of stuff and we're, we're just committing to a year yeah we wanted it was something we want to do and all the doors have opened up for us to do it that's yeah. one thing. Yeah. That's a <laughs> <laughs> minor detail. Yeah, minor details. Yeah. Because <laughs> most people are like, wait, your kids are empty, your empty nesters. And isn't this now when people mostly kind of chill and yeah, go yeah. on? You're like, no, we're going hard. Yeah. Like, we're going to the craziest city on earth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love New York City like so incredibly much. I'm actually. So I'm going to be there in like October. So obviously we're we're all hanging out. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I just, I last time I went, I walked 40 miles over four days. Yes. Like it is a dream come true for me because I'm like, 
people watching, which is like my number one favorite hobby. And then walking around, the, I love architecture. So it's yeah. like, it's like you feel like you're in a movie set. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Some, we're going to Airbnb the first couple of us, but some of the apartments yeah. we've looked at where we, we want to land, hopefully in lower Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. And it's these old, mm. tall buildings in the financial district. They're anywhere from 20 to 30 stories high, I think. Yeah. But they're all like 1930s, 40s, even 20s buildings. Yeah. So when you walk in, you feel like you walked into the Great Gatsby. Oh, so incredible. <laughs> but they're all modernized. Yeah, yeah. They're tidy. I mean, we're going to be... What we're going to be in like a 600 square foot studio. Did you get yeah. some bunk bed? Yeah. <laughs> a red shit a double what we're going to be living in a studio part of but we're okay it's with it. So, yeah. That's cool. We've got a good friend that, um, and a mentor to me, he's a pastor of a tiny church in the Lower East Side, so we've cool. got a place to drop into there, and then Noah's there. Nice. So we're doing that, and then um, Denise and I just launched a little passion project that mm -hmm. is just focused on generosity. Yeah. Where... Um, it's called Tankful, and we created these things called Tankful Grams, and the idea is, is people order these Tankful Grams, and they commit acts of extra generosity, mm -hmm. whether it be tipping a waiter mm. more or buying someone's groceries, and you know, really try to spread the idea and the hope that we can become a more generous culture. Mm. And you give people these little cards, and when they when you, you've got to be generous. You can't just leave this, you know, like a standard tip or something. It's kind of like you wow people. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, that was really cool. Mm. And then you leave them this card and they scan it. Yeah. And it brings them back to the site and invites them. And so it's kind of, oh, that's there's right. like a little bit of a pay it forward concept to yeah. it. So we just launched that, um, yeah, which is really cool. Um, and our only hope with that is that we just, it's kind of like scattering seeds. It's just, yeah. We just want to throw seeds out of generosity, yeah. and because we really we feel that in our lives, we've people from people, friends, family, God, we just we feel an an incredible abundance of grace and blessing in mm -hmm. our own lives. Yeah. So we want to put that back out into the world. Well, and then I have another passion project. When you know I've got tons of <laughs> my list. Hey, you just keep on going, buddy. <laughs> my list is large. Now, the one difference is, is that I've actually honed it down to kind of these two core things, which could, I mean, my hope is that they'll eventually spring into other things, mm -hmm. but not even from like, well, this is what I want to do for a living. Yeah. I just, I just want to... Um, express myself and so the other one is this project called art of peace mm -hmm. and it's just using art to promote peacemaking yeah and i'm not an artist yeah. and my hope is that over time i will be able to have other artists contribute have art shows and use art as a means to convey peacemaking yeah which i mean our culture desperately needs people who are you know out there making peace yep for me, it's a personal journey. And same with the the the, the other project around generosity and these things I do. And it's funny because I'm doing those things, mm. but at the same time, it's forming me. Yes. Right? Because to be generous is rooted in gratitude. Yeah. And so it's really challenging me to go like, wow, you know, yes, I'm a thankful person. Yeah. But 
I want to be even more thankful than I am. Mm-hmm. I I love the idea of peacemaking and just have a strong urge towards it. And so, and then on top of that, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I I, I did. I took this test. Yeah. To I can't remember what it was. It yeah. wasn't like a Myers Briggs, but it was kind of along those those yeah. things. And. I scored it and I took that objectively, mm-hmm. but my scoring came out that I was my, what's, what's one that created when you're right brain or you're left done? Mm, right. I think. Right. So all fact check. <laughs> I, well, whatever ones yeah. that I created. Yeah. So I scored higher on that. Ah. And it's, it's kind of funny because going back to the January where I was going to counselor and stuff and really yeah. just kind of frame myself of insecurities. Yeah, totally. I started expressing myself more artistically, Yeah, which is something I always wanted to do as a kid. But you never had enough courage to do it. I never had enough courage to do it. Yeah. And now I'm doing it and because I don't really care, I'm not doing it to try to get no. accolades. I'm no. doing it because it's a it's an expressive. So I wanted to do my own art. So I'm learning um, right now. I'm taking an online course to learn Illustrator. Nice. And... My next time I'm going to, I want to take a graphic design course. Like I want to become a legit graphic designer. Yeah. And I'm going to offer him. I want to do it. So that's all. I, I love that. I love like, I mean, I've been thinking about that recently too. Of just like, I turned 33 this year and I realized today I'm like, oh, I'm still pretty young. Um, <laughs> But I just really had this sense of like, what do you want to do that like brings you joy? Yeah. What are these like little side things that you want to do? And like, that's kind of how this like podcast was birthed. And I took a ceramics class for four weeks and it was just like, hey, like, I don't need to wait for like someone to come into my life to make my life meaningful. Like, just go and like truly be you and try things that you've been wanting to try for a long time. So I really love your approach of like, hey, these are things that I've been like wanting to do and I do have a gift in and like I want to develop them more. I think as we get older, just historically as humans, we get more stubborn. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to have that like humility, because it takes a lot of humility to learn a new thing. Sure. Because it's really saying and like, put it out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too, you're yelling it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh geez. Yeah. The only way that you continue to grow and learn is by like putting yourself in situations that are a little uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think that's really rad that you're doing that. I mean, gosh, moving to New York in itself is a big yeah. jump, right? Yeah. But like, it's just cool to have all these things where it's like, yeah, this is what's happening and, and we'll see where it goes. Like you're not, it's not a finite, none of this is finite. It's just like, hey, let's try it and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, with using art to promote peacemaking, and yeah. of course I have these these grand visions of, how cool would it be to in New York to turn billboards and you know how they paint the sides of buildings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. like a Gucci ad. <laughs> how rad would it be to just put something up there that was promoting peace peacemaking, yeah. but in a really artistic sense? Because everyone that walks by that, yeah, it's planting seeds, right? Where they're having to, even if they're not conscious of it, it's working in their mind to go, what you know, what am I doing with my life? How am I getting along with my fellow humans yes are living out the golden rule yeah i mean the core peacemaking is do unto others as you would have 
you know, done, done it to yourself, yeah. right? And so I, I have, you know, big visions of that and even being able to take it into schools yeah, and teaching kids peacemaking and yeah. conflict resolution through art and those kind of things. But we'll see. I love it. It's like, why not? Go big or go home, baby. Like, no reason why not to. And yeah, it's just, it's cool when we, as adults, like, continue to pursue different things. Because I think it's very easy for us to settle in the mundane. As we get older, it's just like, oh, this is what I do. And it's like, it's really encouraging to hear you, like, shaking things up. Because I think that's what we should be doing our whole lives. So oh, when Denise and I, when the, when Jack moved out, mm-hmm. we were sitting here thinking, okay, our kids are out of the house. I've got a great job. Yeah. He's in the job. But we quickly realized that we were just in this routine. Like, mm. okay, get up, go to work, all of them do the same thing. So we find we're young. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, not even 50 yet. Yeah. And we thought, this is what we want to do. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. I was like, it might be cool for a little while, but this is going to stick the luck after a while and become miserable. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you have the resources and you have the ability to, why not? Yeah. You know, shake it up and go for it. I love it. Thank- Aaron, thank you so much. This was lovely. And uh, I'm excited to see you guys in New York soon. Can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <laughs>